0: Hey, what's up? My name's Jason. I'm the pastor of Church in the Wild. Thank you for joining us in the wild, where we have sermons, conversations, interests, all the things that make us who we are. Thanks for jumping on here. You matter. All right. Welcome to Church in the Wild. You can have a seat. My name's Jason. I am so excited to uh, be able to speak with you today and to celebrate with you. Uh, Yeah, we can clap for that. I think it's a great day. I, I... Fourth of July is one of my favorite weekends. I just love it. It's such a beautiful holiday. Uh, Today we're doing things a little bit different. Um, So just a couple reminders. Um, Number one, our our kids are in here, all right? Our kids are here. Our families are here. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad you're in here. I grew up going to church and sitting in the service. We don't do this every week, okay? This is uh, something that we do two times out of the summer uh, because we want to give a couple things. We want to give our kids church workers a week or two off in the middle of summer, you know, because uh, on a typical Sunday, I know this is the 4th of July weekend, so a lot of families are gone, but typical Sunday, uh, there's 30 plus kids over on the wooden side of this building. And so we're trying to give our workers just a week or two high, uh, just a week or two to relax and enjoy the time and um, just be able to be in the service. So this does that. It also teaches our kids how to learn to sit in church. I grew up sitting in church with my dad, and I learned how to sit in church, and in fact, um, my dad preached three sermons a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and I was in all three, and uh, man, I I learned how to enjoy and love church because I sat in church, and it also teaches those of us who, uh, maybe you don't have children, it teaches those of us who do not have children some patience, which is a good lesson for us to learn as well, Parade tomorrow. There's the 4th of July parade. We have maps at the Connect Center. Uh, We still need some candy, and we need some volunteers to walk. You can bring your family, uh, and uh, all of that information is in the Connect Center. And then I want to tell you this. This is cool. I got a text this week. I got like just the coolest text. Uh, This is the 47th text that I've gotten, and it said something along the lines of, hey, we wanted you to, to know that a very brave woman was rescued from human trafficking this week, and she's in a safe home, and she's rescued and safe and secure and able to be able to go back into life. Now, this is super cool. We can clap for that because that's the, the, that is the 47th text since our church started partnering with Out of Darkness. And so as we think about life, as we think about who we are as a church, we're a church that's for people. We're for all people. We are for broken people. We are broken people trying to help broken people. And so uh, this group out of darkness is just this wonderful group. They they go and they, they find people who are being trafficked and they tell them, hey, there's more to live. And they help them find a place that's safe where they can hide and they help them find Literally everything they need, job counseling. They help them uh, learn to do applications. They learn, help them through all of this, and our church is able to be a part of that. But also, if you were here last Sunday, we had three baptisms last week. We had 60 in our camps this week, over 60 each day in our sports camps, and multiple salvations in the camps. And so, man, these are good things. <laughs> Wildlife Week is, is my favorite week of the year. Wildlife Week is just our opportunity as a church to just say, hey, we love our community wildly. We just want to pour into, and this is why we make them free, right? It's why we say, hey, whatever we do, it's free. In fact, not only were we able to help kids in our place, but we also gave or loaned out an entire block party to two other churches. So two other churches this week, one in Worthington and one in Powell were able to do the same exact thing because they used the equipment that we had here and we were able to give it to them. And so as you think about like sometimes in the middle of summer, like why do we need to give? Like what's the point of financial giving? I think, man, 47 women rescued, three baptisms, free sports camps multiple salvations, churches being able to have parties that would not be able to do the things that they're doing without your generosity. So if you got a bulletin, uh, you can scan the front. You can give to Church in the Wild by scanning the front. If you turn it over and read the back, you can scan the back. And if you want to give us a five-star review, you can scan that. If you want to give us a one-star, just don't scan it, please. (laughs) You know, just don't bother. But uh, man, hey, John, John chapter two, John chapter two, we are walking through, so every summer as a church, we walk through a book of the Bible together. This fall, we jump into a series called At the Movies, which I'm really excited about. We'll talk about the Batman. We'll talk about the new Thor movie, and we'll, we'll draw the gospel out of movies. But throughout the summer, we walk together through books of the Bible. And what, we, what we've talked about is this, this gospel of John. And so look at verse 13, John chapter 2, verse 13 The Passovers of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen, sheep, pigeons, and money changers sitting there. Making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. He poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their their tables. He told those who said, told the pigeons, Take those things away, and do not make my father's house a house of trade. And then Matthew chapter 21 Matthew chapter 21, verse 12 should be up on the screen. If you can't turn there that quickly, Jesus entered the temple, drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons and said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it into a den of robbers. And then this is the part, man, this part right here, this gets skipped over so often in this story. Like so often in the story of Jesus going into the temple, we stop where he drives out the bad. But what makes Jesus so wonderful is he shows us how things are supposed to be, not just what shouldn't be. So, the blind, the lame, came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? Jesus said, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? Let's praise. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together. Lord, I know there's a lot of churches who are closed today. But Lord, you brought us here. We gather together in this free nation that we're blessed to live in and enjoy and celebrate. We've had years of freedom as Christians to just worship you in the way that we choose. We are so thankful for this country and what this country means to us. Lord, we're thankful for every opportunity and everyone that you have brought here. I believe you've brought us here today for specific and special reasons. Help us, Lord, today in Jesus' name, amen. By the way, if you're thinking like, I don't know if my kid can stay in here, there is a room up front. Uh, They have a TV in there. You can watch the TV and your kids can play. There's workers there. It's just right outside of the Connect Center. So have you ever worked retail? Anybody ever worked retail loud and proud? Bunch of us. Good, 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 good. I worked retail for a long time. My guy Cam and I, we worked at Fossil. Uh, So I worked there and I worked at a couple other places. One of the places that I worked at, there was an interview. And it was, um, there was, there was me and two people who had more retail experience and this retail job was based so, pretty much solely off of how you looked and they looked a lot better than I did, right? Like they were, they were, they were there for that interview and man, that, that, that company was like known, like we hire you for this reason. And there was three of us and we, we got, we all did the interview and then only one of us got the job. And I got the job and I was like, oh man, I I was so proud of myself thinking like they hired me because I'm the best looking one out of the three. Like I was so proud of myself, not humble at all. And then my boss told me, you don't know why we hired you? I'm like, sure. Yeah. She said, it was because you're the only one that got one question right. I was like, oh, all right. (laughs) It had nothing to do with anything I thought. The question was, if you're doing a job and your boss tells you to do this job, and you're doing this job with all, like you're excited. And then someone who's a customer walks up and says, hey, can you help me with, with this? What do you do with the job that you're doing? And the other two people were like, you finished the job. That's what the boss told, told you to do. And I said, you just stop doing what you're doing and take care of the people. And that's, that was what they said. Yeah, that matters to us. Now, it's so interesting to me because this is, this is not a Christian company by any stretch of the imagination. It's a job in the mall when I was 18. But what they based everything off of was, are you for people? Is your job in life to help people? Now, Jesus comes into this temple and there are people there who are working. And man, they are doing the job that they think they're supposed to be doing. And they're all about it. And then Jesus comes in and he changes everything. He overturns the carts. He drives the animals out. He upsets literally the apple cart, right? Like Jesus changes everything about that. When Jesus enters a room, the room changes. Always. When Jesus enters a room, the room changes. When Jesus steps into our life, the room of our soul, we begin to change. When he steps into our life, something in us begins to be aware of, boy, I used to think this way, and now I don't really understand why, but now I think this way. And it's not a set of rules and regulations to follow. It's literally a, hey, I met Jesus, and now things are changing. And I don't understand why, but I used to be blind, and now I see. And I once was lost, but now I'm found. When Jesus enters a room, the room changes. And what he changes about the room is what the room is for. See, the leaders thought the room was for profits and for power. But Jesus said the room was for people. The church leaders at this time thought everything that we do is so that we can gain money and gain power. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. Everything that we do is so we can help other people. Now think about how much this changes everything to those people. These people made their living off of how much can I get from people. And Jesus walked in and said, nope. Instead, you're going to think how much can you give to these people. And this has to be the mentality of the church. This has to be who we are as people. So when Jesus walks in, he changes the room, first of all, by removing things that rob us of our joy. Now think about this for a minute. These leaders were there stealing and robbing everyone who was in there. What they were doing is so fascinating. They were changing money and they were charging wrong interest rates to people who had come and walked for days in order to be able to make a simple sacrifice. And they said, hey, since you're not from Jerusalem, we're going to charge you a higher interest rate to change your money because you can only use our money to pay for the sacrifice. And so they would charge them a higher rate to pay for the sacrifice. Then they would change them their money and then say, okay, now look, oh, you know what? You don't have enough money to pay for the sacrifice that we just changed you the money for. But I'll tell you what, if you use your house as collateral, we'll allow you to make the sacrifice. They were literally robbing and stealing and, and shortchanging everyone who walked in. And in our lives, Jesus comes in and he stops the things that are trying to steal and rob our joy. Jesus, we, we have such a bad idea of sin here in America. Like when we think of brokenness or sin, we think that God is trying to stop us from having fun. Well, don't do that. And then the world, the world comes in, culture comes in and says, no, you should do that because it's fun. But what Jesus is desperately trying to do is he's trying to get us to not have our joy robbed and our joy stolen from us. He's cleaning out the people and the things that are stealing your joy. This is why when you become a Christian, there are certain people who instantly begin to not like you, whether you ever did anything or not. Because Jesus is removing those who are stealing your joy. He removes those things. But secondly, he cleans it up. He cleans it up. When Jesus enters a room, it begins to be cleaned up. I love, man, that baptism last week was so amazing. Can I just tell you, they won't tell you this story. Because they're very humble people. But... John and I got to baptize Katie last week. Katie had never been to church in her life, not VBS, not not camp, not youth conference. She was a fully grown married lady living in our city who had never been to church in her life. And she told me when my wife and I sat down with her and said, like, hey, tell us about your story. And she said, "I, I can't explain it except for that I was searching for peace. And I tried literally everything and went everywhere to try to find this piece that I could not find. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And she said, and then one day John said to me, hey, Dylan invited us to church and I want you to go to church with me. And so she came to church and she said, when I walked in the door, I felt the piece that I'd been searching for my whole life, but I couldn't understand it. And she said, I walked in and I was like, what is this? And then she said, you started talking about Jesus and said, hey, does anyone want to accept Jesus? And her words, not mine, was as soon as I made the choice, I want to accept Jesus. She said, suddenly the peace that I was searching for overwhelmed me and I found that peace in a second. Jesus cleans the room up. That's what he does. I'm telling you, I spent my life in a religion, trying to use religion to bring me closer to him. And then one day I heard a man, a super tall, lanky hipster, looked like Ichabod Crane. I mean, he looked just like Ichabod Crane. He had these big dark glasses. He was weighed like 40 pounds. He was a full grown man. He was like 6'4". He walked in and started preaching about Jesus. And I was like, who is this guy? And I realized as a pastor's kid who grew up in church, who was working at a church, you know what I missed about Christianity my whole life? Jesus. That's what I missed. And the moment I realized that, I began to fall so in love with Jesus that people started telling me, You gotta stop talking about this, man. It's so annoying. I said, I can't. He's cleaning me up. Like it's just changing everything about me. But thirdly, he brings healing. He brings healing. What I love so much about these two gospels is John shows us like a half of the story, and then Matthew shows us the second half. And we stop so often, even in the movies, even in the shows. Oh yeah, kick the bad guys out and that's it. But Jesus said in, his, in Matthew, he said that if you kick the bad out but don't replace it with good, the bad just comes back 10 times worse. And what the gospel of Matthew shows is him, he kicks the bad people out, but then he shows them and gives them an opportunity to learn what the place should be for the entire time, and that is people. He begins to heal people. He begins to take care of children He begins to to minister to children and to hurting, broken people. And this is what church is. Church is a place for people. Corporately and individually, church should be all about people. Every decision that we make should be about people. Everything that we do should be about others. Well, I want this song. Okay, well, what do the other people want? Well, I want this. Well, what do other people want? Well, I want this kind of coffee, not this kind of coffee. Well, what do others want? Well, I don't think we should let kids in the auditorium. Well, what about the families who need them to be allowed in? I don't think we should give camps away for free. Well, what about those people who could never afford to send their kids to a camp in their life if someone doesn't give it to them for free? Church is all about people. Jesus is all about people. He kicks out the bad. And he says, and now I'll show you what to do. I'll bring in healing. Jesus steps into your life and your relationships begin to heal. Jesus steps into your life and your soul begins to heal. Jesus steps into your life and things begin to heal. This is why our church says Jesus matters. Because we realize that when he steps into people's lives, he brings healing into provides healing that we've searched for our whole life. We are not a church of perfect people. We're not even a church of people who have the answers, honestly. Sometimes I'm like, well, I can't tell you. What we are is people who realize Jesus healed us. And so we want to tell everyone we meet about him. And we're for people. So our jobs, those of you who have jobs here, your job is not your job. People are your job. My job as pastor is not to preach the most dynamic sermon in the history of the world. You can find more dynamic sermons on YouTube. My job is to be for people. Our job as a church is not to have the coolest things or the best systems or the best processes or the best programs. Our job as a church is to find broken, hurting individuals and say, we're for you. Why? Well, because everywhere you go, there's... People who are not for you. Now think about it. What, What makes a church a church, right? Right? Like, it's not just a bunch of people in one room. That's just a shopping mall. That's just a restaurant. That's just a bar. That's just a stadium. What makes a church a church? is broken people who find healing through Jesus Christ, who then gather together and invite others and say, and you can find the same healing that I've experienced. That's the church. That's our mission. That's who we are. And I think every now and then as a church, we need to be reminded of that. Every now and then as a church, we need to just take a moment and say, yeah, that's right. Jesus was for people. And so we don't get stuff right. We don't, we don't do something right. We don't do this right. We don't get this. Man, but are we caring about people? We won't always be the most flashy, the best. But boy, it's harder to find anyone who love you better than Jesus ever will. So all we want to be as a church is a bunch of people who are for people. Now this is the key. This is not only who we are as a church. Corporately. But this is who we should be individual. You say, oh, I don't like people. Well, repent. Ask Jesus to help you like people. Well, I don't, I, I, you know, we're so, we're such Christians. I love everyone. I just don't like them. That's such a Christian thing to say. Like, it makes me gag. That's such like a, I I don't have to like them. I just got to love them. No, Jesus liked people. We're Christians. Well, Dr. Soggybottom taught us at college that we didn't have to do that. Yeah, but we don't worship Dr. Soggybottom. We worship Jesus, and he told us to love and like people. And so we're for people. We're for people who are broken we're for people who are hurting, we're for families, we're for individuals, we're for people who don't think like us, and don't look like us, and don't smell like us, and don't act like us, and we're for people who will never agree with us. We don't have to win the argument. All we have to have them know is at the end of the day, you know what, man, I think those Christians are a bunch of nuts, but boy, they sure do love me. And that's what we're all about and that's what we need to be all about why that's what jesus was about and he walked into a temple and reminded a bunch of religious leaders this is not about the place this is about people and then he showed them how to live that and that's what he wants to show us so i'm gonna ask the worship team to come up here we're gonna sing one more song in just a second i'm gonna ask you all to bow your heads and close your eyes and we're gonna pray Maybe you're in here today and you're thinking to yourself, I'm broken and I'm hurting and I need someone to be for me. Jesus is for you. Maybe you've been told all along that Jesus is against you. Oh, well, if you look like this, Jesus is not for you. No, no, Jesus is for you. You will never find anyone more for you than Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, you know what? I found that healing and that change. And it's the middle of the year, and this is a really good time to recalibrate and refocus and lean into am I providing that change and that healing in the form of Jesus Christ to those around me? Do my coworkers need healing? Do my friends need healing? Do my family need healing? Do they need community? Do they need love? Who around you is hurting? Who around you is broken? Jesus is for them. And he's for you. I'm going to ask you all to stand to your feet right now. I'm going to pray. And we're going to sing. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for those who are gathered here today, Lord. Thank you for this service. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you. Lord, thank you that our kids' church workers are able to take a week off and join us. Thank you for the countless weeks. Lord, 50 weeks out of the year, they serve families. They're four people, and I want to be a church that's four people who are four people. Lord, thank you for our families. Thank you for our children. Thank you, Lord, that we can gather here Your plan in eternity was to give us a country founded on freedom to be able to do just this right now, to be able to talk about you and share your gospel and bring your healing to a broken world. Help us not to squander living in this great country. Help us, Lord, to take the healing and provide it and pass it on to the rest of this world. In Jesus' name, amen.